Hi, Rob. Hi. So, I hear you'll be leading a bike tour in Cuba. Yeah, that's right. Um, for the past five years, actually, I've been taking small groups of people to Cuba uh, for cultural interchange experiences. And um, maybe starting about a year and a half ago, I started including a, a, a bicycle portion of those trips, um, tours in and around Havana. And this time we're taking it to the next level. Wow. Um, wow. So uh, this particular trip, um, well, actually there are two tours uh, in succession, um, one week and then, and, and then the following week after, um, will be bicycle tours of Western Cuba. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Which part of Western Cuba? Well, um, both of the tours we do will uh, will technically start in Havana, which is good because that gives us an opportunity to experience the capital and uh, and to take advantage of um, some of my Havana friends um, who love to host parties and will definitely uh, do some of that. Um, but we'll start in Havana and the first week will take us from there to uh, Vinales, which is in the western countryside. It's also the center of tobacco production in Cuba. Awesome. Uh, and, a, a, and an area of incredible beauty, mm. um, undulating hills and valleys. Uh, it's just really spectacular. Uh, the second week, we'll start in Havana by taking a bus to Santa Clara, which is in the center of the country, mm. and then biking from there uh, south across the Escambre Mountains to Trinidad and Cienfuegos and, uh, and taking advantage of um, some opportunities for uh, snorkeling and, and, uh, and marine life uh, in that part of Cuba and then before making our way back to Havana. So. Wow, the whole time on bikes. The whole t well, uh, the whole time on bikes, yes, um, but being Cuba, it's probably a good idea to have a support vehicle as well, and so we'll oh, have good. a support bus. Okay. Um, on both trips. Okay. Um, and so, is is will this be on any kind of a, you know, pri like a private road or uh, is it a safe road or what kind of road will it be? Well, it's interesting to ask because roads are. Um, you know, they vary in quality in yeah. Cuba. And as uh, a friend of mine said, um, biking is, is great there, but you're not going to do it really fast. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're not private roads. Um, that's actually kind of funny to think about because Cuba is a communist country. Mm. And, um, you know, so almost 80% of the economy is, is government um, owned and and controlled, so yeah. Maybe I um, should use a designated uh, bikeway. You know, yeah. Do they have anything like that in Cuba? No, okay. I would say that actually, though, every road in Cuba would be a designated bikeway <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of people ride. Because, um, well, that's interesting. Also, um, in the countryside, outside of the the major cities, many people ride because that's actually. Uh, their best mode of transportation. Uh, it, they would be left walking without a bicycle. Yeah. Because um, mm -hmm. most people don't have cars. Uh, having said that, though, there's an interesting parallel between Cuba and at least Los Angeles um, in, in, in this respect, in that 
Um, for, for Cubans in Havana uh, and in other large cities, to, to be on a bicycle is to some extent to say, I am poor, to admit mm-hmm. that I am poor. Um, and, and so biking is not a popular uh, pastime in the cities. It's a necessity in the rural areas. But in Havana, over the past, let's say, five years, there's been this huge influx of um, mostly plastic and a little bit of metal electric uh, motorbikes, oh. electric motor scooters yeah, yeah. that have come into the country. And so anybody with um, any means whatsoever, um, and that usually means people who have access to tourist dollars, uh, their inclination is to buy an electric scooter huh. or or a motorcycle or if they really came into it big, a car. Um, their last choice uh, would be a bicycle because um, it, 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 it's actually quite specific uh, to the experience Cubans had living under the subsidization of the Soviet Union for several decades. I was there then. Right? Mm-hmm. And, in the and, 80s. And, and in the 1980s, where yeah. the golden age of Cuban communism, and yep. it, was, it was highly subsidized. Uh, and then when the Soviet Union collapsed, the bottom fell out of the economy and they lost like one third of their gross domestic product in about a year, which, yeah. is, which is a greater loss than the Great Depression. Uh, for America and Europe in the 1930s. Um, at that point, there was no gas. Uh, there, there were shortages of just about everything. And um, the Chinese government, in a sense, came to Cubans' rescue by sending hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of bicycles from China in freighter ships to Cuba. When was that? This is in the 90s. And so the, early 90s? This, the heyday of bicycling in Cuba was oh the 1990s, and it's associated with extreme poverty and starvation and desperation. And so it's not going to be a Havana person's, uh, the typical Havana person's first inclination to get a bike uh, or to, to travel around the city or the area on a bike. But that doesn't mean that there aren't plenty of people in Cuba who ride bikes and there are, uh, and I've got a number of friends in Havana and other places who are bike fanatics, just oh. like you find here. Yeah, good, okay. Yeah. So, um, how many miles do you think you'll be riding? Uh, is it a couple hundred miles or 400 miles? Yeah, for each week, we're doing it two weeks in a row and um, each week will probably involve about 200 plus miles of riding total. So. If you broke that down, it would be probably less than 30 miles a day. Okay. Um, but we'll, we won't be riding all of those days. Oh. So, so you'll um, be touring as well. You'll be touring the areas. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't want to just ride through Cuba. You want to experience it. And because the riding tends to be, in many places, a little bit slow because of the nature of the roads, um, you have lots of opportunities to interact. Mm, nice. uh, with people who 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 yeah. live there that you just meet, mm-hmm. uh, and that is part of the, if if not the essential part of the magic of going to Cuba, Absolutely. which is meeting the people there. Yeah. It's such an open heart culture. Uh, they embrace um, strangers, they embrace foreigners, and nobody is welcomed um, more warmly, frankly, than Americans. 
Mm. Um, there's this long history of connection and also 60 years worth of forced separation mm. between our two peoples that makes each each people fascinating mm -hmm. to the other. That's right. So when a Cuban asks you, where are you from? And you say the United States. Um, this has been my experience 100% of the time. Their eyes light up. Oh! Uh, cool. And yeah. so... That's very um, cool. Yeah, so we want to maximize opportunities to have the that interchange. Yeah. Um, so it looks like you don't have to be a strong rider to do this tour. I think what, um, one of the things I'm looking forward to is the opportunity to accommodate different kinds of riders uh -huh. on this trip. Um, we're going to have, uh, in addition to myself uh, and my wife, Karen, who is um, uh, an avid cyclist, uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll have a friend of mine who is a bicycle fanatic uh, in in uh, from Havana, Boris Diaz Rodriguez, uh, who knows every back road in the country. It seems um, he'll be with us. He's a very strong rider. We'll also have uh, through a, a company, a private company in Cuba that I've contracted with for day tours before. It's called Ruta Bikes in Havana. Um, we'll have a mechanic uh, who will be along with us for the ride. And so we'll have multiple people with knowledge of the country who have varying degrees of, of, of biking. I don't want to say proficiency, but, yeah. but you know. So, um, so you, any, any, what, what do you, how fast do you think you would, how fast do you think it would be per, um, you know, uh, you say 30 miles a day about... I, I think 30 miles a day would lunch. probably be the ma yeah. maximum, yeah. So maybe um, 15 we, we, miles and then 15 miles, something right, like that. Right, right. That's pretty um, good. Things that's like pretty, that, exactly. That's, that's doable, you yeah. know. And, and we'll be, because we have um, multiple people who know the country, mm. we'll be able to accommodate different people's interests in cycling more or cycling less. Huh. Uh, in addition to Boris and and a mechanic as what well, we'll have a support bus. Okay. So, if um, and, and much of the area that we'll be traveling through is hilly. It's not, oh, so one of the so misconceptions yeah. about Cuba is mm -hmm. that it's a flat country. Mm -hmm. Well, it's flat at the beaches, mm -hmm. but in the interior, it yeah. tends to be hilly like and in some Rico. yeah mm -hmm. and in some areas quite mountainous. Um, mm -hmm. There are n a number of mountain ranges in the country. What, about um, 3,000, 5,000? 5,000 feet or wow. more, right. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, mm -hmm. we, we want to be able to uh, offer people that challenge mm -hmm. and also offer them the security of knowing that there's an alternative way of oh, getting great. from here to there. Yeah. If, if that's So there'll be kind of like much. two guides kind of thing. They'll yes. Yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, we'll have three. Yeah. Three guides. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, do you know where, what kind of place uh, where people would be staying? Yeah. Um, well, I guess I should um, back up a second and say that um, what many people probably already know is that regular tourism to Cuba is illegal, according to United States law. And so what we're doing is, um, is, is, is what is legal. Mm. Under, uh, That's what uh, it used to be in the in the eighties. Well, in the eighties, it was almost completely illegal. You had to go. Did you go through a foreign country? Yeah, and yeah. I had to no, go no, no, with no. a group. 
Yeah, no, yeah. we do legal travel from, oh. direct from the United States. Oh, okay. But one of the requirements is is that we're, we're, we support the Cuban people. As a matter of fact, that's the name of the license under which we travel, support for the Cuban people. Nice. And that means you don't stay at, um, every hotel in Cuba is owned by the government. Mm. Um, official tourism in Cuba is run and owned and managed by the government. Uh, our experience will be an experience with the Cuban people, not the government of Cuba. And that means, for example, that we'll be staying not in hotels, but in air, uh, in B&Bs. Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, for the past four years, I think, Airbnb oh. has had a major presence in Cuba. Wow. Uh, it's one of those few areas of the Cuban economy that the government there allows people to do privately. It's regulated. They pay taxes. But... But people can open up their homes, uh, either rooms in their house or their entire homes, to um, to foreign guests, and so we'll be staying at B and Bs, uh, and there'll always be air conditioning, uh, <laughs> because every Cuban knows that a foreigner coming to Cuba is is definitely going to want to have that level of comfort at night, at least, because it is kind of hot and humid there. Less so in December than in other parts of the the year, but oh, still. Oh yeah. When is when's this when is this tour starting? Well, we're doing uh, again two tours in succession. The first will be December twenty first to the twenty eighth, and the second one December 29th to January fifth. Okay. Uh, okay. Good. Twenty twenty. January fifth, twenty twenty. Amazing. Right. right. Okay, what do Cubans wear when they're biking? <laughs> Clothes. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> it depends. I mean, uh, again, if you, see, um, if you see bicyclists in Havana, the capital, um, they're likely to be foreigners, and they might be uh, dressed in full kits. Okay, that's not uncommon to see, but they're most likely to be foreigners. Um, if you see Cubans in the countryside, which is really where we're going to be for the majority of our time, um, you, you'll see lots more Cubans riding bikes, and they're just dressed in their regular clothes because this is just like their car. It's their, yeah. it's their primary mode of, of transportation, of getting from point A to point B. Okay. It's actually one of the joys of going to Cuba is the, different, the variety of forms of transportation yeah. that you see there, right? Um, you see everything from people being transported in, in private cars, whether they're more modern or whether they're American classic cars, um, to people being transported in trucks, uh, to um, riding in horse-drawn carriages, oh. uh, to riding on bicycles. I mean, one of the most bizarre sights I ever saw was a guy riding a bicycle while uh, having a dog on a leash on the um, the main east-west um, interstate, I guess you might call it, of Cuba, oh, wow. um, like a six-lane <laughs> road. Oh, <laughs> but he was <laughs> oh, wow. riding a bike while having his dog there with him. Um, but you, you see every conceivable mode of transportation while you're there. That's awesome. Yeah. And then how would people get in touch with you um, if they want to go on this trip? Yeah, um, I have a website uh, called cubacochinito.com. That's uh, Cuba, 
C-O-C-H-I-N-I-T-O, CubaCochinito.com. And I'm also available uh, under the same name on Facebook. Um, and if anybody doesn't know, and maybe most people would not, uh, Cochino is kind of slang for pig and kind of suggests dirty pig. But when you add the ito on the end, it becomes cute, like yeah. a sweet little pig. And um, I went to Cuba for the first time with a group of high school teachers and administrators from various private schools in Los Angeles. We traveled under the auspices of an organization called Cuba Educational Travel that had a special license that authorized them to take groups of Americans to Cuba for legal travel, for educational purposes. Um, we arrived in Havana. They took us in a bus to a, uh, a neighborhood there and to a hotel. I don't know what the other people in my group did, but I put my suitcases down and immediately walked out of the hotel and started exploring the town. And um, I found the University of Havana, uh, which was very interesting, and, um, and tr walked the streets. And I think the first impression I had was just how similar Havana was to Miami. Um, the, 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 the plants, the trees, the stains on the sidewalk from the berries, from the ficus trees. It was just so Miami, um, and, and that blew me away. Um, and I walked and walked and eventually realized I probably needed to go back to the hotel because uh, there was a special dinner the first night at the Hotel Nacional, and I didn't want to miss that. Um, and so I turned and started to walk back towards what I thought was the hotel. Little did I know I was walking in exactly the opposite direction. Uh, and, and, um, but eventually came upon a street corner in which I saw in the distance what looked like junk in front of somebody's house. And, but it was the most interesting junk I think I'd ever seen. And so I went closer and, uh, and realized once I got up to it that it wasn't junk, it was art art made out of old telephones, art made out of old televisions, uh, art made out of old toilets, uh, all kinds of uh, objects used to make art, and all of it covered in Cuban newspaper. Uh, and, and I was just so surprised because I, everybody going to Cuba for the first time has in their head an image of what this communist country is supposed to be like. And our only understanding of communism is from the of, of communist China and the Soviet Union and this idea that free thought is just not allowed. And here I was in front of somebody's house looking at art covered in cut up pieces of the official government newspaper in which this artist had apparently created, I mean, he didn't, apparently he had created his own messages with pictures from the newspaper and headlines from the newspaper, but he was telling his own story. And my mouth just dropped open. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. And I heard then a voice from way back inside that house, Hola! And, uh, and so, you know, the, the, the owner of the house uh, was calling me in, saw me looking at the art and, and was beckoning me uh, inward. Um, that person is a great Cuban artist. His name is Lazaro, 
yeah. Lazaro Salsita is his artistic name. Yes, he's come to my house a number of times uh, here in Los Angeles since. And he's now one of my best friends in the world. Um, But we met that day because I got lost on the streets of Havana and wandered upon his house. And, uh, And that is so much of what it means to go to Cuba. Mm. The magic that you experience Mm. there happens when you are alone or when you may be with one other person and you walk and people are out. Kids are out. Adults are out. Everybody is out. And and again, it's an open heart culture in which um, foreigners, strangers, everybody is embraced. Uh, and that's what happened to me that day, and it's happened to me so many times since uh, that I've been embraced by complete strangers who then have become my closest friends. Wow, uh, that's terrific. Yeah. You know what? I just realized I need your whole name. Oh, <laughs> my name's Robert Michelson. Michelson, yeah. okay. And um, did you want to have a phone number included? Sure. My number, anybody can contact me at 213 213- Four zero zero seven six four eight. If they're interested in this trip, awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is Bike Talk PFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. 